Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay. That's Gerald. That's Espo. I don't know about you guys. My tweets aren't working right now. Your tweets aren't working? Yes, I'm very upset about it. Consider yourself lucky. Well, I mean, (laughs) yes, but also... I feel like that's par for the course for Twitter now. I feel like that's par for the course now. I don't get a welcome back. Welcome back, Espo. I I miss an entire week of shows. That happened off camera. You're like, yeah. (laughs) Twitter, yeah. Did you welcome <laughs> stupid tweet? Did you welcome me back? I don't think so. You were here the whole time. No, when I was sick after summer league, yes, I don't think you welcomed yes, me back. Yes, I did. I said, "How did the heart and the soul of this show uh, not be around?" And I said, "Oh, and Lindsay's back." Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we're oh, just, dear. you know, I'm oh. just, uh, I'm giving what I'm getting, and that's all that there is today. That's how she remembered that shit for like three weeks. Oh yeah, she holds it. <laughs> She's like, Let, let's huh. make this clear. She holds the shit in and then brings it up at it at the uh, most I opportune in time. Grudges. <laughs> and apparently, Damn. so do some NBA players. There you go. The tea is piping hot today, y'all. Obviously, yesterday we told you um, about the comments that Clay Thompson made on Paul George's podcast, Podcast P. And we kind of alluded to it a little bit yesterday that, you know, Paul George may have felt some type of way about what Clay had said. Oh, my God. (laughs) And today, it turns out there's even more to the story now. You guys, you guys failed miserably at this exercise. We were supposed to pretend like nothing was happening behind us, completely keep a straight face. And both of you failed immediately. I wasn't expecting the whisper in the ear. For those of you listening on audio, Sean was hiding behind Gerald's chair the whole time and then popped up and whispered sweet nothings in his ear. I wasn't expecting the tenderness right there in the ear. I wasn't prepared for that. Ah, It's summertime. We're just trying to have some fun over here. That's all. That's all there is to it. (laughs) Anyway, back to the story. Uh, Devin decided to go on Instagram today and put some comments in the bottom of... uh, one of the posts about what Clay Thompson had said on Paul George's post. And he gave Clay the salute. And then he asked Paul George if that's the response that he was looking for. So clearly there is beef between these two. And then, and then we got even more, you guys. Paul George was asked about the comments that Book had left on the Instagram post while he was playing video games. And this is what he had to say. My thoughts on Booker's comments. I mean, he didn't really say nothing other than that's, is that what you wanted to hear? I don't really care. That's Clay's answer. You know what I mean? That's Clay's answer. I asked a question. Clay gave his response. That's Clay's answer. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Sorry ass response, but I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think he understood exactly what it was. Mm. 
Because I don't think that you call it a sorry ass response if you didn't understand what was being kind of conveyed within those tweets. Um, Listen, if you go all the way back, there's probably, Gerald, that you brought it up that you probably could point the finger at Book for starting this one. Originally. Yes. When him him and CP3 and Paul George originally got into it, um, I think that was after the summer where the big story with Paul George was about how he had opened up about his mental health in the bubble and all this stuff. Um, and they got into it and Booker called him soft and a couple of other things. Um, you know, he, he knew what he was doing and Paul George has not forgotten. I think yesterday we kind of tried to downplay it and I suggested like if there's beef, it, it feels like it's more on Booker's side, but this confirms there's the beef has not been forgotten on either side. Um, and, and on the one hand, like, you know, I, I, think mental health should be taken very seriously. And I also think that a lot of people talk about how they miss old school NBA rivalries and they miss things of that nature. And then anytime players start beefing, they start clowning on one or both of them for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as it doesn't escalate to a place where it gets out of bounds again, like I, I, I like this kind of stuff. I think it's fun. I think it's good for the game. I think it makes these matchups more interesting over the course of an 82 game <laughs> season. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I I'm entertained by this kind of stuff. I know people get heated about it, but it makes, it makes me laugh. Like I enjoy it. I mean, let's, let's be honest. If you're talking about Paul George play uh, at times, his play has been soft. And I think that's a fair I, assessment. I don't think that's a fair assessment. Hey, when, when, you've, when you've had more games that are load management than actually playing at times, I mean, I get that point. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> not, that's not the same thing as his game. That's his well, being he, able to his, stay healthy. His ability to actually play said games. That's, uh, yeah, we'll that's, call it that's that. something. Uh, first off, uh, Podcast P is one of the worst names for a podcast ever. Let's get that out there. I, like I don't it. know if anybody I'm brought fine with that it, up. But second, he's getting some really, really good guests right now. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's and really easy when they're guys that play in the same league as you. And that's stuff not like entirely that. the easiest thing, though. Like, you've got former players in the podcast space. You have other players who are still currently in the NBA in the podcast space. Like, Paul George is doing it right now as far as the podcast game goes. It's easy. We got Frank. I mean, that was like, that took no effort. <laughs> yeah, get so, on our level, PG. Yeah, I mean, come on. Where's where's your where's your Jock and Frank episode? Then we'll talk. Look, <laughs> look you want to talk about, uh, you know, what was that? Sorry-ass response? Is yeah. that what he called it? Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the way that the uh, Clippers responded when the Suns got up on him in uh, two, two straight playoffs, all right? Or in the last two playoff series they've had. That's a sorry-ass response. All right, this is... I mean, I get I get what Book's saying. Were you hoping that his answer was going to be, oh, because Devin Booker's X, Y, and Z? I mean, I don't, he did not expect Clay, and I know you guys discussed this mm-hmm. yesterday, but he did not expect Clay to be like, no, Book was beating my ass, and... I went to a petty place that I shouldn't have. Like, that is not what Paul George expected that answer to be. So Devin Booker Booker chirping back, great. I love these rivalries, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. I want these guys to want to go at it. I don't need an NBA where everybody's friends and uh, and just kind of want to hang out and be like, hey, everything's cool. Like, no, I want guys that want to go at each other because they're all fighting for the same thing. And it's all right once you get off the court if you if you don't want to 
dislike or you don't want to dislike each other as much as you do on the court. But I like when it goes off the court too. <laughs> and I like the fact that they seem to genuinely not like each other, which makes a Clippers Suns matchup that more much more interesting for me as a fan. Well, see, that was the thing that I was saying coming from this is we talked about this after during and after the playoffs. Um, when looking back on the fan bases that we were competing against, right? Specific fan bases, <clears throat> Denver, <clears throat> Dallas. I also used that to actually clear my throat. So you okay it, was, there? it was a win-win <laughs> situation. Damn, I should have tried that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our fan base is really feuded, okay? And yes. it's normal for all fan bases when you're competing, especially in the playoffs, to talk a little bit of trash towards one another. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the Suns and the Clippers fan bases did not. But I felt like between our fan bases, things were pretty, no pun intended, PG. You know what I mean? Like we kept it pretty chill. It was just normal level trash talk I think around it was PG your PG thirteen. <laughs> but I wonder, is this going to push us into like a full blown fan base war? Because it's already started. Clippers fans coming out now saying, We want you on Christmas Day. Can't wait to beat you guys next year. Like, what, is all, this what makes our fan bases actually start feuding? All 12 Clippers fans? Hey, like, now. When they're not busy on the Lakers message board? Like, what are we talking about here? I'm not, I'm not overly worried about the Clippers fan base. And Paul George should worry more about getting on the court than what Devin Booker's saying in an Instagram response at this point, right? I mean, I, I, whatever, like, yeah, bring on the Clippers fans. You want this to be what pushes you over the edge? The two ass beatings the Suns put on you in the playoffs probably should be what pushed you over the edge. But Devin Booker's saying, hey, you know what? <laughs> Was what? that the response you wanted? What? If that's what brings you into the fold, well, welcome aboard. I, didn't Paul George also say um, that this is like he's what entering basically like his villain era or something? What, what, what did he say exactly? Do you remember? I don't. I'm going to see if I, I can find that. I will say, though, I, I do agree with you. I don't think the Suns or the Suns fan base have looked at that Clippers in the same way that they have as teams they played recently in the oh. playoffs, like the Mavs, like the Nuggets, like the Pelicans even. Yeah. And I think that's because both times that we played them in the in the playoffs, they haven't been healthy. So it's like not – it's a it, in both series, it felt like the Suns should win that series. They did win the series. It felt pretty straightforward. I think most of the animosity is on the Clippers' side for not really – you know, for the Suns not being willing to acknowledge that with those two guys healthy, it would have been a different series. So, yeah, from our perspective, we don't look at the Clippers in that way because they haven't been able to stay healthy. I think if they do and we met in the playoffs, then things would change very quickly um, because two years of resentment there would definitely yeah. come bubbling back for the Clippers uh, from their side of things. But I, I'm definitely not going to. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as calling it an ass beating when they haven't had one or both of their stars on the court in both of those series. I don't know. Like, you know, Dallas says it to us and Nuggets say it to us despite who it was and wasn't on the court. So, you know yeah. what? I, but, but but we always say, like, you can't help who's on the court. You play who's in front of you. Like, it's can't. the same, it's I mean, the same I, thing. I'm not saying that they could help it. Yeah, Look, I, I stick with Kevin Durant, and we were uh, saying, and we were talking about this beforehand. Hate drives me too much. Love will kill you, <laughs> and and I'm all for this. This you, Paul George could talk about it being his villain era. He said he, he, was, he was on his bully shit next okay. season. Okay, well your bully shit can take a back seat to this villain era here in Phoenix because they're ready to be the bad guys, and I think it's all right. Just go get the Larry. I 
am just so surprised by all of this because like we knew about the shenanigans between Book and PG, but I thought it kind of ended there. I didn't know that they had, they still felt some type of way about it. And it's clearly both sides. Because mm-hmm. if Book wasn't concerned at all, he wouldn't have made those comments. If PG wasn't concerned, he wouldn't have brought it up in the first place and then responded. Mm-hmm. I did not have this on my bingo card. Paul, George, and Devin Booker beef heading into the 2023-24 season at this level did not have. In August, <laughs> absolutely not. We're grateful for it, though. Yes, thank you. Shit else to talk. About. I, mean, I know Lori in the chat. This is when you get the best beefs because there's nothing else. Lori like, in the chat's yeah. like, I hate the off season. Yeah. Lori, we do too. It is what it is. <laughs> what, what did what did we do before they were Twitch streaming or there was Twitter? Like August was just a dead month if there was no you we know went, no international basketball going on. We went yeah. on vacation. Yeah, like <laughs> they didn't have a, you know five day a week, uh, three hundred sixty five day a year shows that had to had to fill airtime. Is that what it was? Yeah. My goodness! All I know is apparently things got a little bit spicier this off season. So playing the Clippers next year could be a little bit more of an intense game. On both sides. I can't yeah. wait to find out the schedule. So now I can circle these games too, because you know Clippers fans, all four of them, uh, it gets smaller every time we talk about it. We'll uh, we'll join the chat to chirp a little oh, bit. Man. I mean, the Clippers games in the recent past have been heated since like 2021. I feel like because even before that blow up, it felt like Paul George and Devin Booker just competed at a high level against each other. Like Paul George has been a Suns killer for years now he's always been really good against phoenix um but the beef but, adds but the beef there's adds a whole nother extra. layer to the onion now that it's august we're gonna let that beef simmer until mm. the start of the regular season <laughs> marinate look are we forgetting are, are we not going a step far enough back with it hmm. the three-year anniversary hmm. last week of devin booker's game winner in the bubble over who paul george with hmm. Kawhi Leonard right there in his face i mean I know that that meant more to the Suns than it did the Clippers, but still, that's a poke in the eye there that kind of started uh, some of this as well. So, yeah. Was it a full moon as well? Because, like, you know, bringing out all the crazies. Oh, man. I don't know. Let me go check the lunar calendar, Lindsay, <laughs> Do and it. I will let you know. I would like to know, Aspo. I, I was still stuck in my house during a pandemic at that point, so please, I don't remember Please do moon. some research. Pretty sure it was during the day. <laughs> it was. It was. It was an afternoon game. No, three days know, ago I'm with just, the anniversary. Oh, I'm asking oh. if that's what it was. Oh, that's oh. when it started. I Again, see. I was in my house quarantining because I was sick, Lindsay. I don't remember. <laughs> We did get a super chat from Brian. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. Said, don't mess with the L.A. Clippers. They coming for your thighs with a bunch of scared face emojis. Damn. My thighs. <laughs> Shit. Oh, no. Their own, their own thighs. Oh, no. Uh, listen, I know it's August and it feels like it's going to be forever before Suns basketball is back. But we are slowly but surely getting closer and closer to the start of the NBA season. Also, if you are a football fan, the NFL is about to tip off. Make sure you are ready for these seasons to begin by downloading the BetMGM Sportsbook app today. Make sure you sign up with that code PHNX because when you use that code, there's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses. So make sure you use that promo code again, PHNX. You can also check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. You know what we're going to do right now? What are we going to do? We're to talk about Circle K, guys. Hey, How about that? <laughs> <laughs> look, Circle K is my favorite. I was not feeling well last week, right? And it's a trek to get other places. So I said, you know what? I'm going to brave it. I'm going to go to Circle K. I'm going to get myself some Gatorade. I'm going to take care of my body because my body ain't taking care of me right now. Mm-hmm. But Circle K took care of me, even though I wasn't feeling well. Uh, I got my I got my Gatorade. I got that hydration. What color? Uh, you got to go orange or yellow when you're sick. Mm. You know, mm. you, you yellow. Yes, orange. You no. can't go red because if you go red and you cough and then you think you're bleeding, that's not good. Well, you should never right? go red. <laughs> yeah, just red general. is not great. Well, red's taste is terrible. <laughs> but I'm just saying, in that situation, you don't want to cough and think that there's something more wrong with your lungs yeah. uh, than expected. So <laughs> no, I went yellow. I went orange. But I love that Circle K is all always there to take care of you they're on every corner uh literally i mean almost every corner you can look at they're there uh but if you can't uh, you look at, at the corner and you got to figure out where they're at they got a great store locator that you can take care of and, and look at but right now make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff the gatorades the uh the fountain drinks everything that they got there at gator or at a uh, circle k you can text phnx to 31 31- 310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32 ounce Polar Pops. That's 64 ounces of refreshment for the cost of 32. <laughs> hey, oh. You need that when it's that hot out in yes. the streets. That's like twice as good. Also, another great thing about Circle K is that you can get Four Peaks beer at Circle K as well. You know, we love Four Peaks beer. It goes hand in hand with Suns basketball, with D backs baseball, Cardinals football. Whatever sport you are watching, make sure you've got a Four Peaks beer in hand because it just makes the experience so much more enjoyable. Also, if you are looking for a fun place to hang out and maybe watch some of these games this fall, Four Peaks uh, Pub in Tempe is a fantastic place to hang out with. I know it's hot right now, but again, I'll tell you guys, told you guys this before, but they've got a really nice patio. So when we finally enter the good part about living in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Four Peaks Patio is the place to be at. You can check them out on social at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask that you please drink responsibly. So, Can I say one more thing about the Clippers? Yes. What the hell is that mascot? A condor that looks like uh, Steve Ballmer? Who thought that was a good idea? All two of their fans? I'm All right, not even Lindsay, mad back at to you. The I like mascot, him. though. I like Chuck the Condor. <laughs> I don't hate it. It reminds me of Toucan Sam. We are, we are the last fan base that can poke <laughs> any fucking fun at anyone else's mascot because ours has nothing to do with the sun. But ours is dope, though. Ours is dope. And, with a gorilla. And the gorilla started like the but whole what does acrobatic he, you just asked, what is, stuff, did he not? Yes, or he did. But they my not? point is, what does a gorilla have to do with suns? It, what does Chuck whole, the Condor have to do with Clippers? It's a great story. That's my it. point. There's the no mascot story doesn't about... have to make sense for it to be Hold cool. On. There's no story behind Chuck the Condor other than Steve Bomber went, hey, what animal looks like me? Let's make that our mascot. I mean, I don't know if that's the true story. It but... is. I know from the inside. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I heard word for word. There's a 30 for 30 
on on that meeting coming up. That's I'm that's sure uh, what is. your sources are telling hey, you. Did you know that Sarver wanted one that looked like him? It was going to be a jackass as a mascot. Oh, Anyways, I got to get them all in. It's been a while. Since Welcome back, on, so. Espo. He's he on one today. No time emptying the clip <laughs> on anything that comes in his crosshairs. <laughs> so we're getting closer and closer to Suns basketball being back. We even know four preseason games so far that the Suns will be participating in. Uh, Gerald, do you want to share them with us here? Yeah, so this is all based on other preseason schedules that have been released so far, but it looks like the Suns are going to open with the defending champion Nuggets on October 10th here in Phoenix. Uh, then they go to Portland to play the Blazers on October 12th. Then I think they're back here in Phoenix to play the Blazers again on October 16th. And then on October 19th, they're playing the Lakers on the road. This one will actually be in Palm Springs, so not at the normal venue there. Um, so they have, they're going to play five preseason games. So that means there's one more that has yet to be announced. Um, I'm assuming after the 19th. That would before, make yeah. seemingly make the most sense. Right. Cause I don't know if you, you could probably squeeze one in between the 12th and the 16th, but that's kind of a rigorous preseason schedule yeah. to play four games, alternating days like that. Um, so I think it'll be after the 19th, but that's what we've got so far. And then, of course, the rumor on the street is that we'll get the actual schedule released sometime next week, right? Yeah. Isn't uh, that the word on the street? It's usually that week in August, so it makes sense. And yeah, so we're going to probably start seeing these a lot more over the next couple of days, a couple of leaks here and there, not just preseason, but eventually I'm sure we'll get a Christmas Day Um schedule before we get the full team schedule mm. are you guys okay so this when i first saw that we were playing the nuggets in the first preseason game it kind of had me humming and hawing over the actual season schedule because i think all of the speculation points to the suns and the nuggets either playing in the season opener against each other or on christmas day and i feel like a lot of people were leaning more towards these the season opener mm -hmm. rather than christmas day but if they're playing the first preseason game is that too close Oh, or does that really not make a difference? I don't. It's preseason. Who gives a shit? I don't think. It, <laughs> I don't think it makes a difference. For me, it upsets me because I like to ease back in before I have to deal with certain fan bases, <laughs> and this is making me dive right in, uh, both this feet first, and uh, and just full bore. You thought you thought Adelaide 76ers fans or thirty sixers fans, <laughs> and the rest of the NBA was a pain in the ass uh, when the Suns lost. If the Nuggets win, all we're gonna hear is. Dynasty started, baby. Like and in preseason game one, you know what's happening. Listen, I have thrown a little bit of shade at the Nuggets this summer, but they deserve to be able to say that if they beat us in the in game one. No, no, nobody deserves to oh, say are you that talking in preseason. Pre oh, yeah, preseason, no, pre no, okay. not preseason. No. Yeah. But if they beat us on the season opener, then yeah, they get to talk their hey, trash. Season opener, I'm fine. They it's, earned that. It's the first basketball I've seen in, in five months, and I got to deal with that in preseason game one, where I'm going to see more minutes from Bull Bull than I am going to, you know, from Kevin Durant. That's what bothers me a little bit. I would right? like to think that the Nuggets fans are wouldn't go that far like you're gonna end up playing your starters for like seven minutes probably I you don't, don't you don't have faith SO? no because what we'll hear that <laughs> see there's no depth on this team if there is the backups beat the back i mean you're not wrong the one thing you will not catch me doing is caring one way or another about a preseason game <laughs> no. like I, I just can't get up for that you guys like if we get nuggets suns opening night 
hell yeah. Like totally then, different story. Then we'll be excited. I could not care less who they're playing in preseason, where they are playing them. Like all it's going to be is time to evaluate some of the bench guys a little bit. And even that will be taking all of it with a grain of salt. Look, so me, me getting excited about Saban Lee and Ish Wainwright <laughs> against God knows who on the, uh, on the Denver bench is my God given right as a son. It fan, is. Gerald. It is. I'm just, speaking I won't, for me. but it I'm is. you do you. <laughs> I'm speaking for myself. I am right there with you. my friend. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Okay. Uh, Christmas day games though. I'm mm-hmm. assuming we're going to have one. I'm we, just operating no under the don't. idea that no, we have one because 100%. I just think it would be crazy. Yeah. Who do you think is in the running for our opponent for that day? Honestly, I think it's going to be Golden State. Golden State? You at Golden State or at cr- Suns? I think we get the benefit because of all the attention and we played on for the We Suns, played on the road last, on the road year, last year in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing Golden State is this CP3 angle. Golden State is expected to be right back in the mix in the West, and you got the KD angle with the Golden State group as well. I feel like that is likely going to be the Christmas Day match. But wouldn't it be better if they played them at Golden State? Because hasn't KD not played that there is. in That's like true. what? That's true. How many years? He Five hasn't years. It feels since like he's left. Yeah. 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 I just, so I so feel it, like, it's the bigger draw to have it be on their home court. Yeah, maybe. I just I feel like they want to in in kind give the Suns a home game after they had to play in the when road last year. When have they ever been kind? That's to fair. Us. If it's if it's not the Nuggets opening night, I think it'll be Nuggets on Christmas Day. But the Warriors are a good choice. Like the Lakers are a good choice because they still have their stars. The Lakers are always going to play on Christmas. Um, the Mavs could be a dark horse there. I don't want to play the Mavs on Christmas. Like of all the teams to play on Christmas, that is not the one. I would like to end my night But the Booker, the Booker-Luka thing is still a thing. That's too much drama for Christmas. And they have Kyrie, and there's the Kyrie-KD thing. And the last time they played in Dallas, that one game where it was like KD's third game, that was a really great game that came down to, I think, KD hitting a go-ahead shot in the final minute. Like, I don't want it to be Dallas, but it could very well be Dallas. Denver and Dallas turn my Christmas into the beef Christmas. I'm going to stab him. Stab him with a fork. Like, that's what oh it's going to turn into if I got to deal with that on Christmas. Give me Golden State. Uh, I can even deal with the Clippers. Give me a Boston Suns matchup on Christmas. I mean, I'm on fine Christmas. with that. Uh, you know, a little interconference. The though. only one that I would be interested in if we don't play the Nuggets on um, o- o- for the season opener, it's Nuggets or Warriors. I think that's all I'm like wanting to have. Yeah, I. The more I think about the Warriors, the more I want that. I think that is the fun storyline. The CP3, you know, especially if that's yeah, the first that's game that they play against each other, I feel like that is a big, big draw. Like Christmas Day, CP3 playing against his old team for the first time. Mm-hmm. There's like, a lot of storylines that yeah. around the Suns and the Warriors, there so are. that's for sure. Um, speaking of storylines around Kevin Durant, mm. we did get a look at what his 2K player looks like this <laughs> year. Did. And he is 
thick. Thanos. Okay, <laughs> he looks he, like Thanos' jawline. If he comes into camp looking like that, he's going to miss 25 games like DA did. Because there's some PEDs going on. It looks like he ate DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no! You know what? It looks like the scene in Hitch where Will Smith starts getting uh, getting allergic to something and swelling. Somebody I, said he looks like Kendrick Perkins. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I will say, though, like all we saw a couple of them today. Like We saw LeBron. We saw Joel Embiid, Giannis, Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, Jokic looks normal. Giannis, I feel like, looks normal. You can't make Jokic look LeBron insane. looks huge. He does. Like, LeBron's <laughs> player makes Kevin Durant look like a normal, skinny, slender Kevin Durant. Right. It's a while. I don't know. Like, I feel like last year's looked better than this year's. Yeah, it, it's a little bit crazy. I feel like they're screwing with people. Like, they're leaking fake images just to, just to be like, oh, my God, this doesn't look good. And then the game comes out, they're like, it's the best it's ever looked. <laughs> yeah. LeBron got the coolest, though, putting on the crown, like, I mean, in his image. Like, that's fair. That was I will say um, 2K has come a long way because I also saw the very first LeBron image, and it's like you can't deny no. how far they have come. All right, guys. Uh we might have a guest joining us at some point in time in the show, uh, but not quite yet. We're still working on the technical side of is, things. Is it uh, is it playoff P? Is, is he coming? Playoff P is here. <laughs> in the meantime, I'll tell you about our friends over at the Spaghetti Shack, who so graciously delivered us lunch yesterday. I missed um, the Spaghetti you Shack. You did. You missed Spaghetti Shack. <sighs> I don't know about you guys, but when I say I want pasta or spaghetti or something along those lines for dinner, it is implied that that includes garlic bread. Like that's a part of it. Like it's just just know that if I say I want pasta, that means I want pasta and garlic bread. It's just the short version. The Spaghetti Shack's garlic bread is so bomb. It really is. It's so good. And it's. They're massive pieces. They make, if you're smart, you'll put the spaghetti or the meatballs or whatever you end up getting in between two slices and make a sandwich out of it. Spaghetti sandwich. Spaghetti Shack is the place to go if you are looking for dinner tonight. They are community focused. They're a to-go pasta concept that started in Tempe, um, Arizona by five lifelong friends. And they are currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek. And they hope to come to your neighborhood soon. But Tempe is so centrally located, you could absolutely pop in and uh, grab yourself some Spaghetti Shack to go. You know what I am planning on uh, doing this year? I'm looking at it. I turned 40 in November. And I figure time's running out for me to learn new skills. (laughs) Let's be honest. Mm. So I want to learn how to golf better. That's that's a big thing for me over the next 12 months is to become a, a... fairly decent golfer i think is fair but i've learned that if i don't look good i don't play good that's true and pins and aces has helped me up my game right my favorite polo that they did was the one that they did for a golf tournament with phoenix on it it's beautiful i invested in some quarter zips i'm a big quarter zip fan i got a bunch of those from pins and aces i find when i go out there in my pins and aces I, i play uh, a few strokes better, uh, which is, I'm not guaranteeing you'll do it, but I do. Uh, and if you want to get in on that, you can use that code PHNX for 15% off your first order. Check out pinsandaces.com and again, use that code PHNX to save 15% off your first order and get free shipping at pinsandaces.com. 
All right. Are we ready to bring in our guest? Awesome. So yesterday we continued our deep dive into the newcomers and re-signees for the Phoenix Suns. And we spoke about Yuta Watanabe. And we normally have a guest. And today we are joined by Christian Winfield, a Nets and NBA reporter for NY Daily News. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I am tired. I'm just now leaving the gym. Sorry, I'm a, a little all over the place right now, but we're here. I told you guys I was going to hop on the show, and here I am. And of course, I got to come through and show love for my guy, Yuta Wadda. I mean, you guys could have made a better pickup. Great professional, underrated basketball player. Um, lights out three-point shooter. You guys are really going to enjoy him in Phoenix. We're really excited. I feel like a lot of people are looking forward to see what he brings to the team. One of the things that we continue to hear from uh, Nets fans and people who have spent time around Utah is to not count out his defensive abilities. What can you tell us about what Utah brings on that side? Oh no! Our table. Oh, wait. wait, can you guys hear me now? Can you guys? Oh, there we go. A little bit. Yeah, we. I, I had a train going by, so I wanted to mute real quick. I should be good now. Can you? Can you say whatever you said again? Yeah, I just everything we hear from Nets fans and people around Utah is that uh, not to underestimate what he brings defensively to a team. So what can you tell us about him um, in that regard? I mean, under statement, there was a period of time where Utah wasn't available. I can't remember. I think it was a lower back injury or something uh, minor. And you got Jacques Vaughn out there begging Utah to come back just so that he can plug in some holes because Utah's that versatile of a player. He's a guy that can play three, four. I'm pretty sure Jacques put him in at the small ball five at some point. But what really matters here, especially for you guys in Phoenix, I mean, offensively, if you've got Devin Booker, if you've got Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, all you really need is someone else who's going to be able to know what he's supposed to do, which is face the floor out and hit a catch and shoot three. That's what Yuta's going to do. He's able to switch defensively, underrated for sure. Um, I think it's a really good pickup for you guys. You mentioned wanting to come on the show and, and talk about Yuta. It felt like he was like a fan favorite and kind of had a big following there in Brooklyn. What can you tell us about his personality and the type of guy that he is that makes him so easy to cheer for? I mean, relatively soft-spoken, not a guy who's going to go out of the way to, to make comments or statements to the media, but he's somebody who really lets his game do the talking. Uh, and because Joe Sy is the owner here, in, in Brooklyn, I mean, there was a large subsect of fans that pulled for any players that had Asian heritage, and Yuta was that for this next team. I mean, it, it was just a great fit when you consider the fan base here, relatively low-key fan base as well. Um, he's a really easy person to cheer for because he's going to do the dirty work. He's going to Well... Technical difficulties, again, unfortunately, it's just one of those things you kind of got to deal with, but maybe we'll be able to get Christian back on at a later date. I'm jealous. He can walk outside this time I of know. Year. It did look really nice <laughs> where he was. I was a little I, bit jealous of I, the view. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I love New York City. I love Brooklyn. Like It's one of my favorites, so uh, I wish I could be out there walking the streets like that in Brooklyn. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we'll try again. We'll see if we can get Christian back on at a later date to give us more about Yuta. But I mean, even the the small things obviously seems like he's a fan favorite doing the dirty work. Like um, he was saying, even when he's injured, people are asking for him to come back and play and fill those holes. So um, I'm still excited to see what Yuta brings to the Suns team. I think we got a lot in store for us this upcoming season with him. Absolutely. I didn't know. 
Do you want me to share anything? I, I didn't it's know. I didn't you. talk about Yuta yet. You don't have to. Yeah, you yeah. Can. Give, us, give us your thoughts on Yuta. Well, look, if he if he's a guy that you can trust defensively, he doesn't have to be a star, but if he's a guy that you can trust, and he was the Atlantic 10 defensive player of the year, I know a lesser conference, but uh, if you can trust him and he hits his threes at a you know 38% clip, not even the 44% that he hit last year, he's a very valuable piece in what they're trying to do uh, with, with this group. And, and I'm excited for it. Now, can he play well enough where he's not one of those casualties at playoff time when the rotation shrinks? I think, I think that's one of the things that we're going to have to have to see with him, but there's always a place for a guy that can shoot and play D uh, and as long as he's got enough on the defensive end, you know he's going to get his opportunities to hit those open looks for this team. Uh, in, in any of those three, uh, you know, the two forward spots, or even like uh, like you talked about a potential small ball center spot. So I'm I'm high on Yuta, but I'm also not. Uh, I'm if he does not wind up panning out to that extent, I'm not going to be crushed. I think I have reasonable expectations when it comes to Yuta. That's yeah. fair. All right. So Christian's going to try and join us here in just a few minutes. So um, we'll see once once he gets back home, maybe get connected to the Wi-Fi a little bit better. I know a lot of people in the comments are saying uh, that New York Wi-Fi and connection is a little bit crazy at times. So can we get Brian? Can we get Brian drug tested? He said Mesa greater than NYC. Uh, I oh, live no. in Mesa. I don't want to slander oh, the no. place I pay taxes to, but not even close. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, listen, I'll give Mesa a little bit of love. They did do a good job with their little downtown area. It's cute. But I wouldn't want to live there still. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know about living there. I'm just over the NYC is quite a statement. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but from an affordability standpoint, I mean, yeah. it definitely wins there. For sure. I, look, I'm looking at it going... Mesa, Tempe. I can't even say that in the suburbs around here it's greater than. I. Uh, <laughs> Who would have thought that of all things today that Mesa would be catching shade? Not me. Didn't have that one on my bingo card, but it's a good thing I got your, my Shady Rays on me. Your bingo card sucks. Just right? in case Espo decides to start throwing shade at me today, too, because Espo's throwing shade at everybody and their mother today. But don't worry. You can have yeah, your Mom, eyes I'm coming protected. After you. By getting your hands on some Shady Rays, this is gear that is built to last. We're talking about premium polarized sunglasses. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So we did get um, a couple updates from the Suns today. Well, one specifically about their fan experience this season. Now, we know when Matt Ishbia bought the team, that was one of the big things as far as um, what he would be focusing on throughout the organization with the Suns and the Mercury and just the Footprint Center in general. So we found out today that the Suns have um, changed up their food and beverage partner. And what does that mean for the fans? Well, we can expect elevated food and beverage throughout, new tech at concession stands, which equal faster lines and robust and rotating menu items. Matt Ishbia was quoted saying, from the moment fans walk through our doors, we want every part of their game day experience to be world-class and something they can only have in Phoenix, the best basketball city in the world. So their new partnership is with industry leader Oak View Group, um, and this will 
every Suns game, Mercury game, concert, event at the Footprint Center, these will be the fine folks who are delivering you your food and beverages. Anytime I've looked at uh, having a concession contract, it's the Oakview group that I've looked at. So Yeah. <laughs> Which is zero time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look, Matt Ishbia came in and said that he's going to make everything a top level, like you're saying. He wants right. a championship level for everything. And, you know, he's going in there and he, he's putting his money where his mouth is yet again by bringing in a new group to do this that they, they obviously believe reaches that mm-hmm. level. They talk about new concession stand technology. I got an idea if you guys don't mind. Oh, boy. Hot dog hot dog Gatling gun. The gorilla comes out and just, you know, fire that bad boy Honestly, off. Everybody's getting hot dogs. Hasn't somebody done this? I'm sure they have. I but feel like this really? has been done before. Not yes, you in just the concession stand. Like not oh, on not a TV a con- show? No, no I, I'm no, almost positive stands, this I, has I, been done like with a t-shirt gun. Yeah. You just wrap the hot dogs in an extra le- layer of foil. Yeah. But, I mean, at the concession stand, everybody line up 20 feet back. Uh, we're, we're giving everybody their hot dogs. I mean, You can have, like, a mini version of it. What new technology is there in concession stands? I, mean, I must know now. It might be something is, uh, like, okay, for example, you, you got these Amazon stores that you just walk in and walk out and it knows what you bought. Mm-hmm. Could be something like that, maybe for season ticket holders. I don't know. You put me on the spot, and I'm just spitballing here, Aspo. Jay has the name for it. It's the glizzy gun. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Let's make this ha- Matt Oak Group, Oakview Group, whatever your name is. I'm here for you. I got ideas, and the glizzy oh. gun is the first one. Oh. We can make this happen. Well, we guys. can make concession stands. Faster Listen, than ever. Look, right? no, look, it's, hey, here's it's, another one. Espo, the the soda super soaker. Right? Know. Who needs soda a cup? Soda super soaker. <laughs> open up. Here's your 64 ounces of Coke. Let's go. Did you just, ha- you just had like all weekend to <laughs> sit and ruminate in your own madness. <laughs> you just come here and I you unleash it on it the mics. <laughs> come on. I mean, let's come have, on. What, what do you want for the? We're talking concession stands in August. Do you want <laughs> entertainment? Do you want ideas or do you want uh, to just go? That's fair. Hopefully the food sounds good. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, low key though. Hopefully, the food is good. (laughs) I mean, the food has. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not saying the food was bad before, but you can always get better. It's been getting better over the last couple of years for sure because they've been putting in in more places. The nachos aren't stale anymore. The popcorn probably tastes good. (laughs) Yep. Like, all I'm saying is, I'm not mad at a little bit of an investment into the things that will bring us some joy when we go to games. The only thing I will say is. Please, for the love of God, do not get rid of Wetzel's pretzels because that is literally the best part about going to a game. Drone food delivery. It brings it straight to your seat. <laughs> Who needs to go to the concourse? Just bring it to me. Um, uh, Brian in the chat said, what did Emma say? Emma, what were you trying to tell us? Oh, um, yeah, it's literally a thing in MLB. That's like they the actually The gun, have... yeah. They shoot hot dogs out of T-shirt cannons, basically, yeah? Yeah, but yeah. they... The t-shirt cannon is an actual hot dog. It looks like a hot dog? Yeah, but I love that. This is not, this is one hot dog at a time. I need the 36 hot dogs in a crank technology here. That's why it's the Gatling Glizzy gun, right? I I need that in my life. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Low key, I might would rather get a hot dog during a game than a t-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. Like depending on what that t-shirt looked like, I would love to be delivered food directly to my seat yeah when they drop like pizza from yeah. the sky people need well, to go way crazier over that those are coupons that's what, there's well, not pizza in the box they used to 
I'm pretty sure there's just a coupon. I feel like they point. used to. Maybe. How about how about a dirigible dog? It's the it's the <laughs> a freaking a blimp that drops hot dogs. That would be cool. Uh, I, I do, uh, like I the do, little blimp yeah, that the they used to blimp. fly around. Yeah. Like why? Just load that thing with hot dogs at all <laughs> times and just drop them. Yeah. Oh, here just, here we go. We're making this as convenient as possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not accurate, but convenient. So Triple B in the chat said, "Hope you don't want mustard with that hot dog." Um. If you're going to deliver hot dogs and you really want the fan experience to be elevated, then you definitely need to make sure there's a ketchup, a mustard, and a sweet relish like to-go packet, packet yeah. in each hot dog being delivered. Because if you just deliver me a hot dog with no condiments to put on it, it I'm going to be a little upset. You also have to dial back the speed that it's firing from the glizzy gun because you don't want to get smacked in the face and have ketchup, <laughs> mayo, well, no, and sweet relish. Well, no, you put that inside the foil, too. Yeah, no, no, but if it like, smacks you right in the <laughs> face, suddenly you got Gerald, a hot dog sandwich on your face. Gerald, if you get hit in the face with a hot dog out of a t-shirt cannon, the last thing you need to be worried about is ketchup. You're going to go viral. One hundred percent, somebody caught That's that true. on video. You're going viral. Goes no, viral. No condiments on the hot dog. Uh, you've just got a fire hose style hot dog. Uh, Bro, if Gerald got hit with a hot dog, <laughs> I would die. It would be it would be me or Kellen or Dwayne because during timeouts when they do this shit, that's when we're checking stats. That's when we're writing notes. Oh it would God. be one of us. Kellen, because Kellen's the tallest of all. He sticks out more. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but I, I don't know. I can literally picture I think it in it my be... head right now. <laughs> can we, can we I, I'm glad that it brings her so man, much joy. I cry. Can, I, can we make this happen? Oh, I'm, calling, I'm calling Graham back up and go, hey, man, I got all these ideas for you. I will give you, you $100 yeah. if Glizzy you make girth. this happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do a thing oh where I go God. over to the Suns marketing group <laughs> and i pitch a, a bunch of ideas to them on how to make the in-game experience better. <laughs> why not lizzie gatling gun oh, come and do you baby gracious. it's gonna happen all right Unreal. so one other thing that we saw um circulating around social media this one takes well so we're gonna take a hard left turn real quick here okay, okay? um we saw the Baltimore Orioles broadcaster, or one of them, get placed on a leave today because of mm -hmm. some comments that were made during a broadcast, which I think we are all in agreement here. We had to watch the video a couple times over and then also look at the comments to find out what was said that was so egregious to be suspended from their role. Um, this was an interesting one, and it brought up a story time for you, Espo, yeah. right? Well, first off. You assume it's something racist or something horrible or some kind of slip of the tongue and you curse mm -hmm. somehow. No, this guy literally talked about how bad the Orioles used to be and how good they are now. Mm -hmm. Factual numbers that were on a graphic on the screen mm -hmm. and he gets suspended for it, yeah. which brought me back to this ain't as rare as you may think. Oh, no. <laughs> like, Back in my days with the Suns, you there was a very distinct don't talk about the past, don't talk about how bad things are. And I remember a time where our TV group got in trouble because they interviewed a former player after a game when they're in the opposing city, got yelled at for that a couple times, I think, with graphics of former guys. like It was like, don't touch the history of this team because we're burning it to the ground and we don't want to remember any of this stuff, right? Like, So you couldn't talk about that. When it was bad, it was, well, try to avoid talking about the losing. It's like, 
I'm in game 70 of an 82 game season doing a post game show. I can't lie. This team's bad. Like, mm-hmm. but that was but kind of the always expectation. A silver lining. And people got called people. Yeah. You always had to play. You always had to put lipstick on the pig and people got called to offices because of, of it and whatnot. So this isn't as crazy uh, as you think. It didn't go as far as you're suspended, uh, but, but there is a lot of pressure on those. I agree because there's a lot of written and unwritten rules when you work for and cover a team, right? Like you want to be as positive mm-hmm. as, as possible while also talking about what's actually happening, but you find the silver lining. You find a way um, to bring something positive out of the situation, even if it's like for me, one of the biggest things when I was there during like on the 19 win season was, okay, we're losing a bunch of games, but this is creating opportunities for players to play who otherwise would have never been able to play. I do think, though, that with with Baltimore, it went a little bit far because at least how I interpret it when he was talking was we have an opportunity to change what has been historically happening here in this building. Mm. And so I thought that was interesting, but it does just go to show like there's a lot of interesting things behind the scenes that go on within all the sports organizations Mm -hmm. that we know and love. And um, broadcasters do have rules and regulations. I know people get upset all the time. Gerald asks harder questions. Gerald, be meaner. You know what I mean? But that's not how this works. Like there there are unwritten rules and just kind of protocols that you sort of have to follow well, that as thing, a part of the industry. When that's directed at me, that's something separate because I do ask those questions <laughs> and I don't work for the team. So it's a little bit different. But I know, but I, I get your general the, the point, same like, sentiment of that. Like it, right. there's a lot of things behind the scenes that I don't think a lot of people understand. Oh, for sure. Um, but I just that was an interesting one. And you wanted to share some yeah, stories. I just. That and uh, yeah, there's all those kind of things. There's, we've told other stories, the Steve Nash welcome back video, whatnot. So yeah, there's all sorts of things. Like Absolutely. That. All right, let's try this again. Welcoming into the show, Christian Winfield, Nets and NBA reporter for NY Daily News. How are you doing this time around? <laughs> Much better. I'm in an air-conditioned room in my crib, so there I can go. finally take a relaxed moment. Um, yeah, you guys still want to talk about Yuta? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, when you first joined us the first time around, you seemed really excited to talk about Yuta. Um, Gerald, I'm going to steal your question, but he seems like he's a fan favorite. Everybody, every time we've talked about him, we've had Nets fans come into the comments and mentions talking about how we're going to love him, not to be um, surprised with what you might think other people would say is underrated defense, but it's it's like he's solid. So. How are you feeling about Yuta and kind of the loss there, I guess, for the Nets? You, you know, I did a quick Google search to see all the stories that I wrote about Yuta while he was here. And here's the headline I got for you. Yuta Watanabe should play all the minutes. That that tells you right there like what type of impact he can have. I mean, he's a guy that fits into any team just because he's going to sit there, shoot some threes. He's not going to play outside of his game. Uh, and he's going to do all the dirty work. And I think that's what fans like when you look at players that fans tend to rally around, like here in Brooklyn, it was Bruce Brown. And then you see Denver rallied around him and then Indiana and now over, I wouldn't say overpaying him. He's deserved of that contract. Yuta Watanabe is a guy who's going to make some of those same plays. He's going to put his body on the line for the, for the team. He's going to crash the glass. He's going to make the dirty plays. He's not overly concerned about himself. He's overly concerned about the good of the team. That's the type of player that 
uh, a championship contending team needs to have. Kevin Durant has sung Judas praises before. Um, I think you guys are going to love covering him. I think the fans are going to love rallying around him. Uh, I can't wait to see what he looks like. I think he's going to slowly but surely creep up your rotation. You mentioned the, you know, him deserving to play all the minutes. Obviously, his situation kind of changed after the trade deadline brought in four new guys that were part of the rotation. Um, his minutes kind of got chopped in half. Were you a little surprised by that? And did you feel like maybe in the playoffs he should have deserved a look or was it just kind of a roster crunch there? Uh, it was one of those situations where the Nets got four players in the trade and they were all starters. And Jacques Vaughn just said, hey, you know, instead of trying to figure this thing out, let's just put everybody on the floor right now and figure it out this season, because now you're coming into next season and you've kind of got that same core. You got Spencer Dinwiddie, you got uh, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Ben Simmons is a wild card. I don't want to get too much into Nets stuff. This is a, a Suns uh, show, but, you know, it was expected. You started to see guys like Royce O'Neal fall down the rotation a little bit, even though he crept back in. A lot of guys, Cam Thomas saw his minutes drop some, even though he he scored 40 straight three straight games i mean the rotations in brooklyn were kind of out of whack but yuda is a guy who is not going to complain about not getting minutes which is great uh for any locker room and he's a guy who's always going to be ready he's never going to be out of shape with his numbers called um great pickup for you guys especially at the minimum yeah were you surprised that he signed for the minimum because i think there was some expectation he might get a little bit more but do you think this was about fit coming to phoenix for him more than anything I think you're seeing a little bit less money available for those mid-level guys league-wide. Uh, so I think Yuta was kind of a casualty there. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of these guys want to play for something bigger than stats, right? You go to Phoenix because you know you have a chance to win. And then if you win in Phoenix, you might get a chance to get a bigger contract somewhere else. So I think, number one, he has an opportunity to win. Number two, you're looking down the road where if he makes a big enough impact, it might get him a bigger contract down the road. But I mean... I think Kevin enjoyed playing with him just because I, I heard him mention Yuta in post-game press conferences just about his impact on different parts of the game uh, so many times last season uh, and the season before that. I mean, uh, I, I'm really excited to see what Yuta's able to do for you guys. Minimum is a steal, for sure. Yeah. We're, we're a big nickname nerd group out here <laughs> in Phoenix. Does, he ha does, does Yuta have a nickname that we need to bring out west? Uh, not that I know of. I mean – his name is Yuda, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yuda man, people would say stuff like that, you know? But, like, I mean, listen, he, he's a guy who's just going to go out there, make an impact on both ends of the floor. Great to talk to post-game, you know? You know, one of the early uh, journalist, journalism lessons I learned was, you know, talk to the guy that no one else is talking to. And uh, Yuda's a guy who, you know, you, you take your time, you patient with him. He's going to give you some good stuff for sure. So you mentioned um, him and KD. That's something that's also been talked a lot about, just that they – have a really good relationship, seemingly, at least from our perspective, the outside looking in. Um, what were some of the things specifically that Kevin Durant had said about Utah? Well, there was a stretch last season where KD went down, right? And when KD goes down, you're looking around the roster and who's going to step up in those minutes. That was a big sticking point uh, two years ago when Kevin Durant went down and the Nets were kind of ill-equipped to handle him missing an extended period of time. And that was when kind of Jacques Vaughn steps in. He goes, hey, you know, we're going to try different things. Yuda's been a guy who, you know, Kevin had said just it's just certain things. Like I think his exact words were, you know, he's just a really good basketball player. Right. And, and, and that's kind of high praise coming from a guy like him. And I know it sounds like it's nothing, but a guy who's going to go out there, play his role. When you're a guy, when you're a team that has the talent that you guys have, you don't want somebody else who's going to try to be that fourth or fifth star. 
right? Do you want someone who's going to come in, play their minutes, know their role? Uh, and, and that's kind of what Kevin was most complimentary about with Yuta. He's a guy who's going to put his body on the line, hit open shots. I mean, Yuta for a, a certain stretch of the year was leading. I mean, we're talking about a team that had Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving on the floor. Uh, and he was leading Seth Curry, too, and he's leading all of them in three-point percentage um, for a, a certain stretch of the season. He's going to be a, a guy that's reliable, uh, and I, I anticipate he makes a crack in the rotation for sure. Obviously, we know about the three-point shooting and the, you know, he was lights out from the corners in fourth quarters. Um, but you mentioned it. We talked a little bit about it uh, when you were on a, a few minutes ago about the defensive side of the ball. What can you tell Suns fans about how he does on that end of the floor? He's got good size and, and he's a, an underrated athlete. He's more athletic than guys give him credit for. And he's just smart. You know, he's going to position himself well. He's not going to be out of, he's not going to, he's going to be well aware of what the game plan is and stick to it. You know, he's a guy that the coach will trust playing minutes uh, if he has to give somebody in break. And, and if you've got a guy like, like, like we can go up and down your roster, Devin Booker, Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, those guys are going to play 75 to 80% of your minutes, right? Who's going to fill in in those spots? Yuta's a guy that you can fill in at the three, the four, or the five. He can guard all those positions. Um, I, I'm not, we're not saying he's going to come out here and shut down Jason Tatum, Riley. Right? That's not a realistic expectation. But can he guard the other guys on the team? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, underrated defender, smart defender, uh, and, and you'll see it. You'll see it because guys are going to start talking about it for sure throughout training camp. All right, New York City, great or greatest city? <laughs> Wait, huh? That was a question? <laughs> i mean this is the best city on the planet you know the problems. there we go i'm a little jealous i still have not i still haven't made it out to new york you've city. never been oh, wow. i have not it's on my to-do list on? i promise every time you I was come to new york for a summer there's nothing like a new york summer I, honestly there's nothing like a brooklyn summer but i'm mm. going to just expand that to include all the new york city so they don't think i'm hating you know what i'm saying okay. it's, it's not like a new york city summer see because i've heard summer is not great in new york because it's hot and humid I mean, you, you guys are in Arizona, right? You can deal with the hot. Maybe the humidity is a little different, but I mean, you'll get used to it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll manage. Uh, listen, before we say goodbye, I just want to make sure. Are you taking care of our guys, Mikel and Cam out there? Oh, they're taking care of themselves. Cam got paid. Cam got a deal. He don't need anybody looking after him. Mikhail's up next. Um, listen, they, they, and I hope you guys watched Team USA yesterday and you saw what Steve Kerr was able to say. First, he said before the game that Mikhail and Cam are going to be huge components of what Team USA does. Uh, and then they come out yesterday. I think they combined for something like 29 points on 10 of 16 shooting or something crazy like that. 13 of 19 shooting, excuse me. Um, Mikhail just defensively incredible, better offensively than anyone gave him credit for before he came to Brooklyn and then averaged 26.9 points per game after the trade. Uh, Cam Johnson, where Cam really excelled was in the playoffs where the Sixers started to send the double team to Mikhail. Mikhail had to find the way to, to protect the ball, got it to Cam, and Cam was able to make something happen. Um, these are the Nets' two franchise cornerstones now, and now it's just a matter of, okay, is Mikhail the best guy on a championship team, or do you need a 1A with him? Either way, I mean, the Nets are in good hands right now. Well, they're both in good hands because Mikhail and Cam, if they're in Brooklyn for the next five, six years, I, I think the Nets can make a real run at it. That's awesome. Love that for it the makes twins. Me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but in like you guys got seven. How was that sad? You guys got like a sweet way. We miss you. them. I listen. Cam and Mikel made Suns basketball so much fun. They did. They were a blast. Just, to real root quick, because I know we're about to. Where you guys are probably going to break soon. The the one thing that's underrated about Kevin is the impact that him and that he has in practice, just doing his own thing. Every single player who came in through the HSS training center said just 
watching Kevin Durant at practice made them better because they got to see what one of the greats of all time is like when working on his craft. And that's going to spill over to everybody on your roster. It's good. You guys are going to have a great season for sure. You, you got any funny Kevin Durant story? Anything we might not realize oh, man. there? One, one of the uh, – uh, I don't even know if I want to tell that story right now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'll leave, I'll, leave that, <laughs> I'll leave that story alone. Um, it, he's just – it's tough, right, because his time in Brooklyn, I feel like if his shoe was a half a, a, half a shoe size smaller, we'd, we they'd all still be here right now. We probably still have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden on the roster, but we don't. Um, one of the best players I've ever had the opportunity to cover. If you guys get the opportunity to interview him, I mean, he's a very thoughtful person when you ask him thoughtful questions. Um, I, we, I, I kind of miss covering him in Brooklyn, no lie. And yeah, we got Mikhail and Cam and it's great having them. But uh, it, it was just watching him play is something that I'll cherish forever because it was just high level basketball, him and Kyrie high level basketball, even though it was only for what, 16 games, which is crazy to have all three of them on the floor. Um, you guys will see it. Kevin's game speaks for itself. Yeah, so cherish Kevin's game and like Cam and Brooke, uh, Kale be Brooklyn's We're problem. proud of them from afar. That's <laughs> I will cherish Kevin Durant's games. I just didn't get a lot of them last year, and so I'm excited for this year. Yes, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you we'll so much for joining day. us. Of course, anytime. If you guys need any uh, any Yuta or any Kevin Durant insight, just hit me up anytime. I'm around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Christian. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you next time. And everyone listening, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. Are we are we going? It's Chris Splash, but with one S and it's yes. spelled with a K. Yes. But you think it's a, a sound? You said it's a Chris sound. Splash. There you go. I don't know. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> nope. Do it again. I did not ask that. Chris Do Splash. Chris Splash. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but no, I, I love you know, that so much. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, just for you, Lindsay, I do that Thank you. in front of our 200 viewers. Um, I think he did touch on one thing that a lot of guys have said and said last year, DA said it, book said it, lots of guys said it in terms of being able to practice with KD mm -hmm. and it elevating their games. Because when you're in that building, it's, it's business and you're watching one of the all time greats go through his practice regimen and you're just kind of blown away um not just because it, you, you get this inside access to watch an all-time great play but the intensity um the precision that he runs his drills with his shooting drills everything like it rubs off on guys and so that's going to be huge when you're talking about a team that has like what nine or ten new players yeah. um it's going to be huge to kind of establish that mindset when guys come to the gym and follow suit well i mean that was something yeah like didn't da say specifically that it's just a different vibe mm -hmm. in the gym basically that it's more not that it wasn't serious to begin with it's just different serious because kevin durant is now on your team yes. well yeah i mean now like it's everything guy. is so much more heightened yes well and it's a guy that's been to the top of the mountain has the mvps has the the title like that's that's a guy that you should when he walks in a room especially a group like this that didn't have championship experience it should be a different mm -hmm. era it should be hey i want to know what this guy does every second of his training because he's got what I want. I want to follow and yeah. see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I hope that that's what Booker and Bradley Beal and DA are locked in on. But even guys like Yuta and Bates Diop and, and the Bull Bulls of the world are watching that and going, this is how I take my game to another level. Because that's where the Suns will be their best if they all embrace that same kind of mindset that, that KD and Book to a slightly lesser extent 
embrace and have used to get to the top of the mountain. And I will also say the fact that Yuda has familiarity with KD's game and vice versa is is helpful in that regard. Yeah. Um, in the article that I wrote the other day about Yuda, I was going through the clips of his threes, and a lot of them were, um, you know, KD making the right pass out of a double team, either directly to Yuda or it finding its way to him in the corner. Um, so he's a guy that's going to be able to capitalize off a lot of the attention that's sent Durant's way, Book's way, Beal's way, um, and that bodes well for a guy who knows his role. You think that uh, KD might say to say to him, "You the real MVP." You the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think oh, I could end this I'm on not, on just one serious <laughs> no, note, did you? And for those who are wondering <laughs> about nicknames, we did get uh, Big Shot or Big Shotanabe was yeah. one that the Nets broadcast used a lot. And then obviously you to the shoot as low hanging. Okay, I think that one's better. Like big shot and fill in the blank. Big is, shot Tanabe. It's 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 lazy. Big shot is lazy. I don't, big I, shot Tanabe. As if your ball ball puns weren't lazy. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, no. Sure. Put in tireless sure. work. Sure. Put some time on those. Thank you very much. You're oh, such man. a liar. <laughs> those are off the cuff, nope. and you know it. I do not off the cuff anything on this show. <laughs> it's all well prepared and hard worked on, or hardly worked on. I don't know which one. Yeah. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. on our YouTube channel. If you are here on YouTube, hit that thumbs up on your way out. If you're listening wherever you get your audio podcast, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Um, until we see you tomorrow, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at lindsaysmithaz. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, if you elect me your czar of Arizona sports, it'd be glizzy gatling guns for all. Ahoy, hoy. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the 